Wow. Uh, hello and welcome to the Raptors Ration Podcast on SportsNF. I'm not even a fan. Um, I'm going to give the disclaimer before this episode that we are not only live on radio right now, um, but it is one of these products that you cannot swear. Um, it's taking a lot of restraint. This is uh, about two, three minutes after this game was done. And um, the just absolute sense of disgust because this game was a hard-fought battle between two teams that both really need to win. It's really entertaining. Neither team really gone up by that much. Both teams kind of trading blows. LeBron and AD playing great basketball. Uh, you know, on the other side, the Raptors. Scotty stepping up for stretches, uh, Emmanuel quickly stepping up for stretches, RJ Barrett stepping up for stretches, Pascal knocking down clutch threes after a really, really slow start to his game. And, I mean, honestly, even Thad Young. Thad Young gets called in to start, right? He's 35 years old. He's been playing, you know, pickup basketball, essentially, against other third stringers and assistant coaches for the entire season. Jacoperto gets injured. And he's called in to start. And his assignment, go out there and compete against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And even Thad Young gives you just a gutsy effort. Thad Young's diving on the floor. Uh, He's setting up guys for three. The Raptors are, you know, giving this an incredible fight, an incredible effort. They always play well against L.A. Uh, They've had a lot of memorable wins in L.A., Think back to Kyle's last ever performance for the Raptors with like 39 um, or 37 in L.A. Think back to, you know, Pascal, uh, you know, closing the game down the stretch in 2019 in the championship defense season. It's a team that even going back to the Rudy Gay trade, the day that happened, Kobe came back from injury and the Raptors were able to pull together and get that victory. And so. It was shaping up to one of those nights. Raptors scrapping, competing. Was it a perfect game by the Raptors? No. Could they have done things better? Yeah, of course. Could you look at some decisions by Darko or individual plays missed by the players? Of course. They're human. That happens in the course of the game. The disgust that I'm feeling right now and the disgust for every single fan watching this game, whether they're a Raptor fan or a fan of 28 other NBA franchises, unless you are a Laker fan, which, congratulations, Laker fans. You got yourself a gift-wrapped win. It is just a sense of disgust. This game was a disgrace against the sport of basketball because of the officiating crew tonight. Ben Taylor, Kevin Cutler, Tyler Ricks, those are those, <laughs> their names are, their names are, seriously. This was a predetermined game. It didn't matter what the Raptors were doing down the stretch, it felt like the Lakers were going to get every call. And look, of course, this is a reaction podcast. It's a lot of emotion. How about a statistic for you? 21 to 2. As in, 21 free throws for the Los Angeles Lakers in the fourth quarter to 2 for the Raptors. Like, this is one of those games where I hope it catches on headlines. I hope that the Raptors players and coaches and uh, the rest of the team call it out to the media loud and clear. You're in the media capital of the world in Los Angeles. I know there's reporters on this road trip for the Raptors, tons of reporters for every Laker game on the other side. Call it out 
call it out over and over again so it needs to be written into a headline so people put together video compilations of all the officiating decisions that came down here tonight. Disgrace of a game. Not only did it erase the effort by the Raptors, which whatever, Raptors were in a close game. They might have lost the Lakers anyway. They got LeBron and AD. They're playing great. All credit to them. But the officiating decisions down the stretch are enough to make you feel less enjoyment for the sport of basketball and definitely less respect and credibility for the actual professional league, the highest league where the best officials are supposed to be there. And you see a 21 to 2 fourth quarter disparity, not over the course of the game, not over what 21 to 2. You had so many decisions that went in favor of the Lakers. Every light call, every non-call, every, there's not somehow not a technical in this game. Even though D'Angelo Russell is jumping up and clapping in people's faces, Christian Wood is running over Scotty Barnes and then running straight up to the officials. LeBron campaigned before the game, which he campaigned about a missed call in, that was reviewed by the league in the game between uh, the Boston Celtics and the, the, the Indiana Pacers. That happened. That happened in a game that didn't even have anything to do with the Lakers. This man is complaining about a game in a different game that was reviewed and upheld, by the way. The, uh, the, in, in, um, the Pacers won that game. So there's premeditated in the game, lots of camp- campaigning, just lots and lots and lots of campaigning. And the end result is this. It spoils the whole game. It was a fantastic game by two sides. It was scrappy. Uh, they Both sides fought really hard. Um, you know, in a game between the Lakers and the Raptors, who would think both teams would shoot, you know, what, 44% from three and 48% from three. Both teams, you know, taking it strong to each other at, at the end of the game. You know, uh, LeBron and AD doing their thing. Austin Reeves chipping in with a couple of buckets. Um, you know, on the Raptors side, RJ Barrett stepping up in the fourth quarter. Scotty Barnes was awesome in the fourth quarter. Pascal struggles for largely the large part of the game, but then ends up finishing a whole bunch of plays in the fourth quarter, including two threes. Um, Thad Young is stealing the ball and running the other way for dunks. Like, and, and none of it matters. Like, none of it matters. All you have is just this, like, deep bitterness at watching this game. And that's why I'm going to use this platform to talk about it. We will talk about it tomorrow on the show tomorrow. These are, this is as basic a guess in Canada, right? Raptor show, Sportsnet, biggest platforms. We're going to talk about this. We are going to go blow by blow when we get to review the tape tomorrow. Blow by blow of all the officiating decisions in the fourth quarter that led to this result. I hope the players and the coaches right now are steaming mad, are saying that onto the the microphones of the reporters and if you want to take it to the next step further and put it on the social media fine you know what there will be fines of course there's going to be fines because the league wants to screw you and then expect you to just take that and you know what and if they you don't take that they'll take that in terms of the money as well it's worth it this game was disgusting and i don't want to see this kind of game happen for any team not the raptors especially of course that's my bias on the table i don't want to see this for the sport of basketball it was that bad of a game in terms of the officiating down the stretch. You're talking about like 15 straight consecutive calls in favor of the, uh, the Lakers in the fourth quarter. Disgusting. 
disgusting. And once again, their names are Ben Taylor, Kevin Cutler, and Tyler Ricks. And you might say, well, I don't know about Tyler Ricks. I haven't really heard him that much. Kevin Cutler is obviously being a veteran referee. Ben Taylor, what does that name sound familiar? Uh, you know, is, is that that indie artist or whatever? No, I mean, yeah, it is, but it's it's the other guy. It's the other guy that Fred Van Vliet last season went to the podium and ripped him. Ripped him, brought facts, and took the fine, but ripped him, called him out, called out the personal side between him and, and Ben Taylor, came up with the stats to back it up. That's the Ben Taylor you're thinking about. That's the Ben Taylor you're thinking about. And, you know, over the years, especially in this coverage, um, something obviously, especially when you're coming at it from a reaction perspective, when you're coming at it from an emotional perspective, from a fandom perspective, um, it's always an easy target to blame the officials, right? I'm going to acknowledge that. What helped me in this front is getting to know some officials who are not NBA officials, but they work frequently with NBA officials, run in the same circles. Officiating circles actually rather small, from what I understand. And getting to know them um, and getting to know things about these officials helps me understand a little bit in terms of, you know what, I can sympathize with this approach, this approach, this approach. I can see it a little bit better. You know, the day after, if I say something wild on the podcast, you know, they'll push back, they'll explain rules to me. It helps me understand and it helps me just even see them better as people. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for me to, to see Ben Taylor in a game uh, next time against the Raptors. Like, it, it literally shouldn't even happen. Like, he should be, like, put off Raptors games. He should be put on blast so hard that he's just not put back on Raptors games. This was a disgusting, disgusting, disgusting display. I sound like... That scene from Hitch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just 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 a disgrace. Um and 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 it it was it was such a fun game of basketball. Like I can't stress it enough, you know, like ten thirty, um, you know, last game of the night, everybody tuning in, it's the Lakers. Uh and the Raptors are giving them everything. They're they're fighting as much as you can. And obviously it's an uphill battle because um, you don't have Jakob Pertl. The Lakers obviously are great at getting downhill. Anthony Davis running roughshod. And honestly, credit Anthony Davis. Like, you know, the clutch flop to erase the game-tying three from Scotty Barnes. Oh, yeah, I- I'm totally sure that R.J. Barrett stopping and screening you from one foot away is enough for Anthony Davis to dive all the way that he's, like, rolling up on the celebrity's courtside. Yeah, I- I'm-, I'm 100% sure that's how uh, conservation of momentum works. But shout out to Anthony Davis, man. This man made every play, and honestly, he made every free throw when he needed to. He was he was super clutch in the in free throws. Because if the Lakers even missed one free throw, the Raptors would have sent it to overtime. If the Raptor, if the Lakers missed more than one free throw, the Raptors would have won this game. I didn't even say the final score one thirty two to one thirty one. It's a one point game where the Lakers had twenty one free throws to two in the fourth quarter. And you might say, well, Raptors were intentionally fouling. Okay, cool. How do you think they got in that position to intentionally foul? You think the Raptors are intentionally fouling if I if Emmanuel quickly doesn't get called for the flagrant one, a foul call that 
is was explained that he did a horizontal motion and the officials who explained it to quickly afterwards had his elbows flared out as if you know he was doing like a you know metal world piece versus james harden type of swing no that's not what happened quickly had his elbows tucked in and went for a rip through and whatever cam reddish put his face in there and, and took the charge and, and took the offensive foul 100 percent a foul but both the Raptors broadcast, which admittedly in this case was was fairly pro Raptors as as it typically is, you know, I can't blame them at, at all. But even the Laker broadcast was like, "Oh, that's a flagrant one, really." And whatever, the Lakers at least, um, I think they missed one of the two free throws, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe they missed both or made both. But if they didn't have those two points, if they didn't have the uh, generous, generous, uh foul call given to Anthony Davis on RJ's screen, which again allowed Scotty to tie the game. It got a game tying three race because a seven foot man running one foot into a stationary screen by a wing just had so so much bounce that it popped off of him and he rolled up into the celebrities. Can you even just imagine LeBron's reaction to that? Like, just just think about it from the other perspective. If the if the Lakers are making this huge comeback and the Raptors are getting every call against them, and all of a sudden uh, LeBron hits a game tying three, uh, but you know Thad Young jumps into Austin Reeves and like flails himself like a magic carp uh, all the way into like you know <laughs> you know out of bounds. Imagine LeBron's reaction to that. Oh, wait, we don't have to re- react to LeBron's reaction to that. Remember last year when LeBron went up for that play uh, and it was against the Celtics and Tatum fully fouled him and the no foul call and LeBron's on the ground. LeBron, it, It's literally a meme. LeBron falls over on one knee, then on two knees, puts his hands down in a, in a, in a position. Uh, he's all the way crouched over. Patrick Beverly is bringing over the camera and showing the officials that camera. And that official has since then become targeted, become, you know, ostracized. And uh, honestly, everybody knows that exact play I'm talking about. And I'm not calling for that level of ostracization for the, the officials. I'm saying, though, that, like, this needs to be highlighted. This is a disgusting display that took place tonight. Or how about this? After all these, like, everything is a touch foul given to the Lakers. Scotty Barnes comes down the floor, and the Raptors are down five at this point. Scotty Barnes comes down the floor, and the Raptors decide not to use their timeout. He drives in. Max Christie is bumping him, bumping him, pushing him, bumping him the entire way, and Scotty ends up just dunking all over this guy through contact, and still they don't call it. Which, like, yo, you, the minimum you could do is give an and one. Because guess what? Your precious Lakers are still going to get the ball back, you know, at, at worst, down two. Are up two still? You inbound the ball and give them another foul. Boom, they're up four. What? No harm, no foul, right? They didn't even give him that. They would not even give him that. A clear cut and one. You go back to the other side. The last play involving Max Christie. Raptors force a miss. AD is trying to post up against Scotty Barnes. AD uh, sh- uh, shoots the hook shot long, and whatever. It's uh, it's Gary's fault because he doesn't box out Max Christie, who's quite athletic. Okay, Christie, you know, jumps in. Gets for the offensive rebound, and as he's going back up, RJ swipes the ball cleanly out of his hands. But because it's the Lakers, boom, two more free throws for the Lakers. So if you're telling me that they're calling that kind of softness, they don't call it on the other end. Like, man, again, how do you expect people to watch this? How do you expect people to take you seriously as a league when you see this kind of performance that took place tonight? 
Like, it's just outrageous how bad it was. And again, I can't stress enough how good of a game it was. This story of the game should be about the Raptors' new group fighting together, fighting uphill, shorthanded at the biggest position against the Lakers, who obviously have a huge uh, size advantage. It's a credit to the Lakers, too, because they were able to really take on this challenge. And yes, LeBron and AD were fantastic. But also, they got great performances from a guy like Cam Reddish, knocking down four threes for them. Austin Reeves, even though he struggled a lot, came on strong in the fourth quarter, made a whole bunch of great plays. Uh, D'Angelo Russell and Christian Wood came off the bench and, you know, talked, you know, lots of trash, which I actually really enjoy seeing, like, how much these guys were into it and trying to antagonize, making plays. Um, You know, even Max Christie, the rookie, having to step in the game there, making a clutch play. All that goes out the window. That's all invalidated. Like, it's that bad of a performance by the officials. And it's just like, you know, you 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 tune in to watch uh, LeBron's dominance in the fourth quarter. Um, you tune in to watch LeBron being able to, you know, set up the entire game, orchestrate the entire game, and set up AD in positions where, you know, he's able to get you know, positioned down low and, and, and find him for passes. And whatever, the Raptors had to legitimately foul him a ton. Because of the fact that he was, you know, bigger than pretty much everybody on the floor for the Raptors. So, you know, I'm not saying that the Lakers got 21 free throws and 20 of them were bad calls. Like, I'm saying that, like, there's like five or six blatant calls down the stretch that you don't make one of them. You don't make one of them. You don't make two of them. And it's a win for the Raptors. Like, that's what's so frustrating about that. But AD had a phenomenal night. Um, he knocked down some threes as well. I mean, he's been, you know, I mean, it's always an inconsistent thing for AD, but he was knocking down key threes. Uh, you know, the, the way they were able to, you know, generate some offense through Reeves as well. Like again, like this, this was, this was a performance the Lakers should be able to feel proud of, but like, how proud can you even feel after you get every single call? Like as a Raptor fan, would you feel good? Like, I would feel like good in the way that like, oh wow, I just got away with like robbing somebody. Uh, but like, it, it's not a, it's not like fully earned, is it? You know what I mean? And I, again, I just, it just, it just takes away from the game. I know I've been crying for twenty straight minutes, but trust me, if you've seen this game, don't watch the highlight pack. Watch the highlight pack. Actually, all the YouTubers out there, and there's like an incredible YouTube community now around the NBA. Put together all the calls in the fourth quarter, please. Just just for my own sanity so I can look at all of them back and see them in a straight, like, maybe more sober view the next morning and just look at them one by one and just judge the merits because just, wow. I mean, and again, if it happened against any other franchise, if it happened to the Lakers, bro, if, if this happened to the Lakers, <laughs> they would be storming down whatever wherever NBA offices is. Adam Silver would have to you know answer for this and hop on NBA Today. The officials would be reprimanded. Uh, it, it would just be like the biggest thing. Stephen A would be on tomorrow screaming at them, uh, followed by another three hours of you know, uh, you know just NBA analysts screaming at them, just LeBron campaigning, all this kind of stuff. Like nasty stuff, man. Nasty stuff. Uh, as for the basketball itself, I mean. Yeah, the decision to start that was was uh, I'm gonna put a timestamp there. <laughs> I'm just reminding myself uh, because whatever. I feel like people should probably still get an actual basketball recap. Um, so yeah, decision to start that young. Um, 
it's a tough one um, because the Raptors don't have great options there. But I thought Thad gave them a really gutsy performance. It, it was looking shaky to start because AD literally on the first play of the game was able to slip uh, to the basket. LeBron found him with a beautiful bounce pass uh, and they got an and one. So it was like right away they were able to get AD in the paint and the Lakers were able to score a ton in the paint. And it's not just Thad's fault. Like clearly the Raptors game plan wasn't just, all right, Thad, go out there, play AD one-on-one. Like the Raptors are trying to pressure the ball, bring the third defenders, all that kind of stuff. Give up threes from the top, try not to help out of the corners. They were trying things. The Raptors even went to a zone super early in the game, like seven minute mark. The Raptors were already in a zone. So they were trying to do different things. But I thought as a whole, like you really can't really complain about what Thad gave you. Like you're not expecting him to suddenly be able to jump out the gym like when he was a 19-year-old coming into the league as a rookie. Uh, he's in year 16. So, you know, unless you're LeBron with LeBron treatment, like you're not going to be able to do all that stuff at that age. The best you can do is try to position and, 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 you know, take a charge the way he did tonight. He also had to block three steals. You know, I thought he was really active. It was really just about like managing switches and, and really communicating through those. And if there was one thing for the Raptors tonight is just, they could have controlled their own effort here by communicating better. There were a lot of miscommunications to start the fourth quarter, and the Lakers felt really comfortable offensively. There were stretches in this game where the Raptors really did hold the Lakers quiet. Um, first half, the Raptors held them to 28 in the first quarter, which whatever. I mean, like, it, it was certainly not looking great to start. Uh, but 22 or 23 points uh, in the second quarter. And, yeah, there were a lot of good things that the Raptors were able to do. Um, it just wasn't able to replicate that in the second half. And also, when you allow 20, well, there's 21 free throws. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Basketball recap point. Um, yeah. Uh, but that that did the best that he can. I think the thing with that is that it preserves, like, um, the, the passing hub that the Raptors expect out of, you know, um, Jakob Pertl, the screening. You don't have the same rolling effect, so the screening doesn't give nearly the same effect as Jakob, but still a guy who's primarily out there to move the ball, swing the ball. And honestly, in a couple slips of the basket, he looked decent. Um, you know, obviously he's going to need to get a real step on his man to to find angles to finish. But still, Thad, you know, did his role as best as you could probably expect. Start the game, R.J. Barrett was awesome. Um, he had 19 points by halftime. He finished with 23 on 10 of 13 shooting. So clearly second half, the Lakers did a better job. But the Raptors were, and this is why it's interesting to have multiple ball handlers to start the group because the Lakers have to hide Austin Reeves somewhere. Just like in the other game, Steph Curry had to be hidden somewhere. And in that game, the Warriors were hiding Steph on R.J. So R.J. went to work and R.J. had 37 points. This game, they're hiding Austin Reeves on R.J. Barrett. And which to me, first off, suggests that uh, the Lakers are identifying in terms of priority um, Scotty, then Pascal, then Cam Reddish was used to guard quickly. So they're 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 essentially the Lakers are saying we think RJ Barrett's your fourth option. And having RJ Barrett's a fourth option has been a great experience so far for the Raptors. I mean, it's only been five games, but he's been excellent. And 19 points in the first half, was able to really attack Reeves and just get downhill. And the Raptors were able to get some stops too, because mostly because the Lakers were missing threes. But the Raptors were also doing a great job of taking away the paint, forcing the Lakers to pass out to the top of the floor. They couldn't make threes from there. Now, you know, you always did wonder, okay, if they hit threes, what's going to happen? Because you don't really have an answer for that. And the Raptors ultimately didn't have an answer for that. But again, they came within one point. It was a 21-2 to two free throw disparity in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm just never going to forget that one. I'm sorry. That should be tattooed somewhere. Um, 
but yeah, uh, RJ did a great job, and I just think consistently he's able to find like these little gaps and little angles to attack. And his passing has been good too. It's it's not lost on me that his assists are up too. Like five assists for RJ based on his usage is is really damn good. Um, for you know a, a next step, seeing him come to this system, the Raptors overall had thirty four assists, moved the ball nicely. Um, quickly, I thought had a really nice stretch there in the third quarter. You know, pulling up for three back to back threes at one point. Um, you know, and just. Yeah, I mean, there's a spurtability to his game. You know, um, you, you saw a lot in the second half. Okay, they're going to hide Reeves on quickly now and try to get a bigger body on Barrett, who was hurting them in the first half. All right, well then, um, yeah, let's let let's let's finally get then quickly to to go off because now quickly has the easier advantage and he was able to burst past his defender quite a few times and get to the cup uh, and finish. Um, unfortunately for 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 quickly, he had battle foul trouble through a bulk of the game. Uh, and then when he checked in the fourth quarter, within like 30 seconds, he had fouled out. And one play, Darko did try to challenge. AD, you know, went to the basket and missed a shot. But, you know, the officials called a foul anyway because AD fall over. They also waited until the basket was missed to then call the foul, which always adds to the frustration because it's like, oh, we got the stop. Now we're rebounding and running and AD's on the floor. That's a great chance to score. Nope. They they give the makeup they, they give the call Darko challenges and maybe you could say well Darko could have challenged a different call whatever could quickly did have a hand on AD's back did, was he pushing with that hand or did he just have the hand there I guess it's not as important but to me at least it does suggest that you know um, yeah whatever I have, I don't even call it the officiating but quickly then the next play down he ended up elbowing uh, end up el- el- elbowing. Uh, Cam Reddish, uh, which was unfortunate, so that fouled him out the game. But he had a nice stretch there, and him and Dennis continue to have really good uh, two-man game. Just having two point guards on the floor who can drive and attack, drive and attack, drive and attack. That's been a nice thing. They've been able to finish quarters strongly, uh, and part of that, I think, is because they typically have quickly with Dennis to close quarters. In fact, if Darko is given a chance to substitute from fouls or um, from, uh, you know, just timeouts uh he, he typically does that and the two point guards i think have done a great job with that pascal was the one who i thought in the third quarter who really struggled you know was kind of loose with the ball um you know a, a number of defensive gaffes you know miscommunications things like that and i just felt like okay it, it's really a night where i thought pascal was just almost a negative uh but then in the fourth quarter he comes back in and you know he's scoring turnaround jumpers over ad and he's knocking down clutch corner threes to tie the game and you know he's he's setting up offense as well he looked awesome in, in the fourth quarter and ended up finishing with 25 points uh, with four rebounds, three assists on 10 of 17 shooting. Like, you, you take that all day. I, I still think it was, like, kind of a, a, a net negative, uh, uh, you know, performance, but definitely came on strong in the fourth quarter. And then Scotty Barnes was, like, incredible in the fourth quarter. And whatever, he was incredible through so much of the game. But you know what? There was a lot of it that, uh, that, that came in the fourth quarter that came down um, – yeah, that that, that 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 came down to just what Scotty had to do in the fourth, and he was making every single play to to to, to in that stretch because uh, quickly and RJ was rested to start the fourth quarter, and so it was a large part Scotty had to do everything, and Scotty was doing everything. Like I, I cannot stress enough how good Scotty was in that stretch. Um, you know, Scotty with like a play where he blocked. You know, back-to-back, uh, Christian Wood drives to the basket. Scotty blocks him from behind. The rebound ricochets to Vando. He tries to go up with the up fake and then goes up strong. Scotty blocks him again. The same play. Next play down, the Raptors have the ball in offense. Scotty drives in for a layup uh, through contact. No call, of course. Raptors uh, 
you know, back up one at that point. Um, you know, Scotty, uh, what draws a foul driving on Christian Wood somehow, uh, it, but it's not free throws though. He's driving to shoot, but he's not free throws. Um, you know, but you know, a nice play. Then, then next play down, Scotty is one on one against Anthony Davis, late shot clock, as good of as difficult of a matchup really as there is in the league. Uh, in that kind of scenario, and Scotty ends up getting uh, a drive and then gets a runner over AD to bounce in. Like one on one scoring against AD in the late shot clock is just absurd stuff. Then Scotty, you know, um, you know, runs it in transition and, and and throws it to to Gary Trent uh, for for a three to set up a three for him. Scotty with a post up finish uh, over top of again just really strong you know interior defense by the Lakers. Um, Scotty attacking a closeout should have got an and one. Um, unfortunately, missed the first free throw. Which, whatever the Raptors, you know, definitely needed more foul shots uh, in the fourth quarter. But you know, chance, man, there's a really good chance for and one, and he ultimately only walked with one point. That kind of hurts after a game like this. Scotty f- sets up Pascal for a corner three. Like the, the the amount of plays Scotty feeds Pascal on a roll to the basket. Pascal scores. Um, like the amount of plays Scotty was making was just great, man. And again, like, yeah. It, it needed to be a, uh, it needed to be, something that actually mattered, and uh, yeah, the game just didn't matter. That's the thing. It, it just circled back to the officiating. Last thing on this, and and whatever, I'll, I'll wrap up the show now. But Darko did have post game press conference, and um, yeah, the quote here from Darko: "Quote, they had to win tonight. If that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that was not fair tonight." And then Darko ends the press conference, uh, and again, I can't swear, uh, on the program. But uh, he called it effing BS on his way out. So, Darko Ryakovic, I'm proud of you, man. You needed to do that. You needed to do that. And honestly, that needs to be amplified, you know, a lot of places. Because it, it, was, it was not, <laughs> that is, <laughs> what happened today was not, was not meant by the, the Canadian James Naismith when he invented basketball. Um yeah. Okay. Uh, your three stars from tonight's performance. Uh, first star. I think first star has to go to Ben Taylor. Like, I think it's pretty clear that he made the worst calls and the highest volume of calls. I also appreciated how long the reviews were, even though the result was always, uh, it's going against the Raptors. Um, yeah, I think Ben Taylor was a clear cut first, uh, first star in this one. I think second star difficult call here, but I think I'll give it to Kevin Cutler. Kevin Cutler was, you know, uh, was backing them up and, uh, a lot of calls also, uh, against the Raptors. And then, yeah, I suppose the third star is Tyler Ricks, but if there was a fourth alternate official, uh, in Secaucus or whatever, I think, um, I think, I think they have a, a big shout there, but me, I'll give them the Gerald Henderson award to, to the review center in Secaucus. So yeah, shambolic game, shambolic result and, uh, Raptors hold their head high, but they have to play again tomorrow in LA, get over these emotions. And honestly, they played really well. Like I'm not mad at the effort whatsoever. Brave effort from the team, and um, yeah, man, let's let's let's. I don't. I mean, I'm, I was gonna say crowdfund Darko's uh, fine, but honestly, like, yeah, trust me, Masai is the type of guy that will campaign on this front. So, thanks all for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And once again, their names are Ben Taylor, Ken Cutler, and Tyler Ritz. Don't forget it. 